everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Star Wars House of Bell Podcast. This is the 95th one. We've got five more to go to 100, and I'm your host, Derek Russell. And it's a little different today because I'm flying solo, and if you've been a long-time listener of the show, you know that's something that doesn't happen very often. Only maybe two or three times have I ever done this show by myself, and it's a little different, a little scary not having a wingman like Steve, but uh, we went to Dragon Con last week or last weekend, rather, and he just got bombarded by work, lots of stuff by taking off vacation that long, and that's understandable. So we're flying uh, we're flying solo today, as I said, so we're going to see how this works, and I'm, I'm very sorry in advance if it's uh, not up to your usual listening capacity of shoe, but uh, I'm going to do the best I can with what I've got, and it's actually going to be an interesting episode. We've got some stuff to talk about as far as the first nine episodes of Smallville Season 8 go, as well as a returning cast member that a few of you are going to be very happy to hear about. And I'm also going to go ahead and give you a mini-review of the Smallville DVD. We've got ours here, and the seventh season comes out this Tuesday on uh, DVD and Blu-ray, and we've got uh, our review copy here to talk to you a little bit about. So that maybe can encourage you, some of you to uh, go out and buy it if you haven't done it already. Obviously, you couldn't have done it already, but if you haven't pre-ordered it through Shoe and Amazon, maybe this will give you that extra step if you were wondering kind of what the special features are going to be about, what you want to get, what you're hoping for, and some things that we felt were left off that should have been on the DVD. Uh, by we, I mean me, because I'm here by myself, as I said. So we're going to get right into it, and as I said a minute ago, this is the 95th episode, and we are fastly approaching 100 and this episode, this show started in the back room of a college apartment uh, over two years ago with myself and Tucker Colburn with the first ever episode. It was the season five finale. Uh, and we've come a long way since then. We've done a lot of things. We've done a lot of fun things. And uh, now it's me and Steve every week that you're listening to as I say this by myself. <laughs> That's the last time I bring it up, I promise. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's, I've been here since the beginning. We've had people come and go. Obviously we've had Houston, we've had Will, um, and, and different friends of the show have stepped in at times, Tim, Allie, Chuck, people coming in and out, helping us out. But, uh, at the core, it's always been just about having fun, but also about talking about one of our favorite shows, one of our favorite comic book characters of all time, Superman. And, uh, it, it goes back a long way, so uh, and we're hoping for, I don't know if I want to say 100 more, but we're hoping for, for more episodes to come as we get closely approaching to the Season 8 premiere. Now, our 100th episode is going to be a look back, not only at Shu, at the history of Shu, and talking about some, some favorite memories and talking to some folks about what their favorite memories are, but also a look back at Smallville, look back at Superman, and kind of how the show has progressed, and what we feel uh, where the show is heading, kind of. And not only that, but the 100th episode is going to kind of be standalone in that episode 101, providing we can get this many episodes out before September 18th when uh, episode 801 Odyssey airs. Uh, Episode 801 will be our episode 101, so hopefully that's all going to sync up. We've got a lot to do in the next couple of weeks to ensure that, um, that we're going to be right on track, so... Hopefully that all works out. Steve, if you're listening, I don't know how you do Geek Out Loud by yourself. Let me just tell you that right now, because this is frightening. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm the voices in my head have finally taken over. And if you know me, you know I've got voices in my head, so that's all good. But if you want to be a part of this momentous occasion, I call it a momentous occasion because it's personal to us. It probably doesn't mean a lot to, to all of you. But if you want to be a part of the 100th episode, please... 
email us in. Just tell us some of your favorite memories for us to read on the show. Put in the subject uh, the subject header for 100 so we know that you want us to read it specifically for that episode. But there's also a great way that you can actively become part of that episode. And you can call us at 206-666-1822-1822. And you can uh, leave us a voicemail, just a short little message, telling us uh, what you like, you know, what, what some of your favorite memories uh, I think a lot of it's when uh, Steve came in for from what we've hearing from people, uh, but um, and apparently us meeting in Atlanta last weekend seems to be topping the charts right now. But it's your long distance dedication request, Steve. Uh, so I hope everybody is kind of enjoying the way we've been doing things as of late. Uh, you know, if you've been stick with us for a long time now, you kind of know you kind of know how we go. We go up and down and, and it's, uh, it's, it's about, to, we've been down a little bit this summer, had some downtime. It's about to get up again with, uh, the eighth season about to premiere. So it's, it's crunch time basically. So we've got to get into it and we're going to get into the news right now, but do remember that you can, uh, call us 206-666-1822 and leave us messages for the hundredth episode of Shoe or email us at mail at smallvillepodcast.com. So jumping into our Smallville news, this isn't going to be a very long episode today. We There has been some changes uh, in some news stories we reported on in episode 94 that we kind of need to correct. And that's not our fault. That was just by the time the episode got out, some stuff had already gone down that uh, needed to be altered. So uh, it's time to make amends for that right now. We're going to we're gonna do that. And we're also going to talk about, as I said, the seventh season DVD, which contains all 20 episodes from the previous season that just ended back in, back in May with episode 720, Arctic. That uh, that's my new iPhone. You like that noise? I don't know how to shut it on silent yet. So sorry about that. Um, uh, but I, it's it's a great set. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum's final performance as Lex Luthor. So great things to talk about. We'll get to that in one minute. Right now, the big thing is if you've heard us talking about the episode, we're excited for the episode that was announced at Comic Con, which is eight oh nine Legion, which will be penned by Jeff Johns, who is a big big writer in the DC mm-hmm. Comics universe. Um, who definitely holds a lot of weight with Superman and the Green Lantern characters. But he will be writing an episode, what was 809 Legion, which will be introducing the Legion of the Superheroes into the Smallville continuity. That is no longer the case. That episode will now be 811, which will air sometime after the first of the year in 2009, which is hard to believe. 2009 is so close as it is, and we'll already be 11 episodes into the eighth season of Smallville. So, I, you know, I, it's, um, I was really getting excited for it because I wanted it to get here soon. Uh, I'm not a huge Legion of Superheroes fan, but I'm anxious to see what Smallville can do with the future and with, you know, costumes and abilities. I and mean, we've seen if they can carry over to the Legion of Superheroes already what they've done with the Justice League and with Aquaman's costume and, 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 and Green Arrows, of course, and Black Canary. I'm anxious to see how they can adapt that in a real-world sense to something like the Legion of Superheroes that come from the 31st century all the way back to the 21st century for Clark. You know, So uh, it's unclear at this time if we are actually going to see the future, though, if they will be taking Clark to the future. I, I assume that that is kind of... Maybe we'll see the Legion in the future, and then they jump back. I'm, I'm, right now, it's it, the episode's not even fully written yet, so I, they may not even know completely what they're doing. Uh, these are just some ideas being thrown out. If you kind of want to throw in your ideas, your two cents on what this is, there's a great thread going on over our forums right now, forums.smallvillepodcast.com, and you can go over there and just kind of give what you would like to see. It's under the, it's under the, it's actually been changed now. Xander, Chris are kind of our shoe guru. We were calling him the shoe of story, but he's kind of the shoe guru. He, um, 
he is kind of taking over that uh, the whole forum specter of things. So uh, you can go over there to episode eight eleven thread and kind of talk about what that episode means to you. If you're a big Legion fan, give your insights because I mean there's some people in Smallville that only watch Smallville because they're attractive people on it, you know, and that some people are listening to this right now only because they watch Smallville because they're attracted to certain cast members and not because of the Superman mythos. So if if you're a big fan of that, if you're a big fan of the Legion, definitely come on over to our forums and kind of talk about what you want to see. Um, I don't know a whole lot of big Legion fans. Steve and I aren't, I mean, we're well-versed, but we're not just, I mean, aching for this to happen or this to happen. I just want to... You know, I just want to see some, uh, just a, a good ass episode. Basically, I, I don't, I, I don't have to have any specific thing from Legion storylines appear to make that episode absolutely grand for me. But now there are some people that want that to um, to mean something for them that have been Legion fans for a long time, and they definitely want to see certain things that will make the episode whole for them, even though they're doing it in this Smallville continuity. So, uh, but if you're one of those people, and I think maybe even Houston's one of those people, come on over to the forums and let us know, or email us in and, and let us know, because we'll be talking a lot about this episode as it comes time for it to air. This is sort of the um, the justice for for this season. You know, you had the you you had that in season six with the entire Justice League, and that's kind of what this is going to be. And it's going to be airing close, uh, yeah, episode eleven. So it'll be airing close to the same time Justice did. Uh, when it aired back in 2007. So uh, that, that it's going to be a highlight of the season. But there's going to be many big points of this season. And, and one of the reasons they've pushed that off is because 811 is going to be airing after 810, obviously, if you can count, uh, which is going to be another huge episode. And we don't have full details on that yet. Uh, some reports are coming in that that may be a big wedding episode in Smallville, kind of bigger even than, than um, Promise was in Season 6. So let's let's keep our ears to the grindstone on that, and uh, keep our ears to the grindstone. That's can't even form. A... Anyway, uh, see, I don't have anybody here to be like, shut up, Derek. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Why am I talking? Uh, I'm really hoping that um, even Jeff Johns has come out and said that that this season is ambitious, and everything they're doing just shows so much ambition with what they're trying to achieve in new stories and, and progressing the story forward, Veritas really tied up a lot of loose ends. Now, it didn't tie up every loose end. It didn't do that. But when you've got seven seasons worth of stories and then in, in, the, in the final five episodes, you can go back and tie up things that happened 20 minutes before we first see any of these characters in the pilot. I mean, you're doing a lot here with the Swans and with the Luthers and with the Kents. You're, you're able to tie in even the Queens and the Teagues you're able to tie up a lot of uh, backstory and loose ends that have kind of been dangling for whatever reason. I mean, in some instances, it was the death of Christopher Reeve, which they, you know, Virgil Swan, they didn't have him on the show anymore to progress season four the way it was going to go. And and then you come to the writer's strike, and more stuff happens in, in season seven, and we get two episodes less than we're supposed to, and the story takes a completely different route than it was originally going to. Um even though there was originally only going to be 15 episodes, and then and then it got picked up for five more because of the strike, they were able to hammer out a lot more things. So um, let's just, you know, I don't know when 10 is going to air yet. They haven't announced that. I, I would assume 10 is going to come in late uh, late January or early February, and it will hit with sweeps along with Legion, February sweeps maybe. But because, but, you know, in 809 usually kind of, 
is or the ninth episode's kind of the one that trails off there at the end, right before Christmas, Lexmas, Subterranean, that kind of thing. Usually you have a break between eight and nine, like maybe two weeks, and then nine, and then hiatus. We'll see how that works out. Right now, 809 is now titled Abyss, which moves Legion to 811. And Abyss is going to be a very Clark and Chloe heavy storyline, and it's even probably, it's been rumored that there's going to feature some flashbacks to the two characters uh, in previous times, maybe even the first time Chloe ever even in the Kent entered the Kent farm for the first time ever. So I like it when they did that in season, um, oh, what season is that where they, season four, they did a flashback to season one. So, so that was neat, and you even got to see Whitney again. Um, so, it, it, I like when they do that kind of stuff. It, it kind of it, it reminds you that even though there are previous seasons, and even though they are moving forward, like I said, you know they've tried to tie up these loose storylines. And season eight is about progression. It is about moving the story forward, and they're not so much looking back at the past anymore. There's no Lex. There's no Lionel. There's no Jonathan Martha. It's a it's a new show almost. It's a new feel to the show, and we've got new front runners leading it with Todd and Darren and Kelly and Brian. So everything's moving forward, but there's still that those ties to the past that they can go back and comment on, and uh, that, that that they still feel tied to. And they, I mean, that doesn't mean they can't go back and reference something. Clark can't mention Jonathan, that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, there's going to be plenty of mentions of Lex, definitely in episode 801 Odyssey, throughout this entire season, wondering what happened to him in the weeks after the fortress's collapse. And so, you know, whatever. But take that for what it's worth. Abyss is going to be 809. We don't have a title for 810 yet. Uh, whether or not that will fall in 2008 or 2009, we're not sure of at this time. I feel pretty certain that 9 will be our last look at Smallville for 2008. And then we'll come back with 810 and then move right into Legion to hit February sweeps pretty hard. Uh, and to get people, you know, tuned in and watching, because, I mean, that's what it's about. It's about ratings, it's about people enjoying the show, and it's about trying to get as many new people watching as you possibly can and bringing back some people that might have forgotten the show in the past and might have given up on the show. Don't give up on this show, because there's something new every week. There's something uh, to offer every week. And if you didn't like one episode, uh, I mean, that's just one episode. I mean, I mean, there are episodes that I don't like, you know, that by by no means by doing this show does that mean that every time that there's uh, an episode, I'm going to say it's the greatest thing ever because I'm not I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. It's not like that. Um, I mean, I'm a fan just like anybody else. So I can have my two cents, my complaints. Um, and we even did a panel on that at Dragon Con. What what were our complaints? Where did we think some stuff uh, fell flat? Um a lot of people feel like last season, Hero, uh, the episode with Pete Ross's return, was just empty. And it was an empty return for Pete Ross. Um, by no means would I call that the worst episode ever, though. But I'm not going to judge a whole season on it on that worth either. There were a lot of people in the audience that were like, I hated that entire season for that one episode. And I was like, well, no, that... Yeah, that was a great season. You can't just... I mean, uh, like those final five episodes were some of the best ever. I mean, well... Uh, if you can <laughs> if you can get by Sleeper. I don't know. The more I watch Sleeper, because I went back and gave it another viewing, it's a fun episode. It's it's corny, yeah, but I mean, you can't be all serious all the time on this show. I mean, you, you can, but I mean, you're going to get worn out quick. I, I want something to laugh at every once in a while, and, and Jimmy Olsen in a tuxedo makes me laugh. Uh, you know, 
Jimmy Olsen holding a can of Ready Whip at Chloe's door makes me laugh too, though. So either way you go there, you, you're, you're pretty much knocking on the same door. Um, but 808 Bloodline is going to ne- air November 6th, and 809 Abyss will air on November 13th. Like I said, 8, 810 may hit late November, mid-December. We're not entirely sure yet. It may not be. Uh, it pr- promises to be a big episode. Jeff John talks about how much, how huge an episode it is and how much he, um, his episode, um, just kind of what, what a testament it was that his episode was going to follow something this huge. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But definitely 810 is probably going to hit somewhere in February for February sweeps, which I think is a good move because while 809 seems like a good episode of Biss with uh, the Clark and, uh, Clark and Kara, Clark and Kara, excuse me, Clark and Chloe, uh, too many clothes on this show. There's, um, I think that would be a good way to end out. You know, sometimes nine isn't always their strongest episode. Um, to go out on before winter hiatus, I think, I mean, every time we say that, somebody mentions subterranean. I like subterranean, so uh, I can't really say one way or the other now, can I? But I, I think that it's um, it's it's going to hit huge in February, and uh, the publicity machine for Legion should be huge. If Hopefully more so than, than Justice was, because Justice got... Uh, canned a little bit when it when it should have gotten promoted a little bit more heavily and I think that was more the CW's fault than it was Smallville's or anything else so I'm hoping big things for Legion when it comes out in February uh, and what I said a minute ago about a returning cast member a lot of people should be happy to ret- to find out that Laura Vandervoort who played Kara Clark's Kryptonian cousin last season will be returning to Smallville for an episode at least one episode to tie up her storyline um, and. A lot of people thought that was going to happen in Legion, uh, but apparently not. Uh, it's either going to be in 808 or 809. I'm doubting it's 809, given the Clark and Chloe storyline. And with the title Bloodline for 808, I would feel pretty certain that that's where you'll be seeing Kara in the eighth season to tie up what happened to her at the end of season seven and hopefully um, fix her her entire plot line. I don't know what they'll do with the character. I enjoyed Kara last season. I understand why Todd and Darren and Brian Kelly didn't really feel like she held a lot of weight for the new episodes. Um, but I'm also, at the same time, I'm, I'm extremely glad they're not waiting until the later half of the season, uh, you know, the back 14 or anything to, I mean, the, the back 40, the back uh, 10 or so to tie up what was going to happen to her because. Uh, Leaving her in limbo in the Phantom Zone that long would be just a travesty, I think. And um, but I would look for her before uh, before 2008's end. Like I said, with the title like Bloodline, uh, Family, that kind of thing, I would expect to see her in 808. So uh, when we did the Dragon Con episode, we did that Friday night this past Friday night in Atlanta. And that was right after Steve had gotten there, and we really hadn't been to anything yet. We had we had done one Heroes panel at that point. Um, no, we had done a Smallville panel at that point, but we had not done anything else. So that episode did not come out until yesterday, which was Wednesday. And, there, and Graham did a great job editing that. But the reason is, it's a little bit harder to do a video episode, especially when you do a bit like we did at the beginning, because it takes longer to put together. So that's why there was an episode last week. We were hoping that was going to be it, but it, it just took longer to get everything together. So you're actually getting two this week, 
But when we did that, we had not done some other stuff at Dragon Con. We had not gone to the panels we wanted to, not the ones that Steve and I were actually talking at. And uh, I got the chance to go to um, a panel with, uh, actually set by uh, Phantom Slasher on the forums. Dave was in this panel uh, with, it was supposed to be Phil Morris, um, Michael Rosenbaum, and James Marsters talking about kind of the past seven years of Smallville or what, I guess Rosenbaum would basically be talking about the past seven years. Um, <clears throat> Marsters could talk about season five and and, and seven, and then and, and Phil Morris could talk about season seven, basically, and what he's experienced in season eight, because obviously he's coming back in 801, uh, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. But um, for some reason, Phil Morris wasn't on the panel, and when I talked to Phil, I didn't get understand why that happened, but... I don't know if it took away from it or not. What I really enjoyed, though, is they, they Rosenbaum and Marsters did the panel by themselves, and they could have been a comedy team. That was probably, even more than Comic-Con, that was one of the most fun panels I've ever had the chance to sit on in, sit in on in my life. Um, they just, I mean, they handed it up big time. Of course, it's Rosenbaum. He's he's always on. Uh, it, was, it was like at 9.30 on a Sunday morning. So, I mean, he was, for it to be that time, he was already, you know, he, they just pulled him out of the bed to come do the thing. So he he was kind of bleh. Um, Marsters had already been doing autographs that morning. He was he was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. He was ready to go. He was filling questions left and right. They really didn't talk much. They talked amongst themselves, but they nobody else filled questions. They just started asking from the audience immediately. And some, some great questions, you know, talking about... Um, for instance, uh, one it, it kind of made you feel weird. For instance, one girl got up and she asked um, Michael. She said, I, "You know, I'm a huge fan of the show. I watch it every week. I don't know a lot about the behind the scenes stuff, but did you shave your head? Obviously, at this point, Michael's not been shaving his head since whenever they filmed Arctic. So probably end of April, beginning of April, mid-April, maybe." And he's not been shaving his head since that point, so he's had five, six months to grow a pretty good amount of hair, and he did. He did. It's kind of sad because in five or six months he's grown more hair than I have on my head because I'm pulling all mine out. But he, um, some a woman got up and she said, you know, do you, do you, did you shave your head for seven years or did you wear a bald cap? And if, I mean, Michael, being the guy he is, he, he you know, dropped his microphone. He was like, F this, I'm, you know, he's like, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this. I'm out of here. And he's like, he's like, no. And she tried to apologize. Everybody was, because he was just hamming it up big time, you know? And she was like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. And he was like, no, no, I'm leaving. I do this for seven years. I get waxed. I get shaved. I do a, I wax everything for a sex scene that gets deleted from the DVD that nobody gets to see and nobody even wants to see because I don't want to see myself having fake sex. And so, I mean, he's just getting a big laugh. And then he calms down and he's like, no, no, it's a, it's a legit question. Let, let her ask. And she, she goes, uh, she says, well, the reason I ask is because I'm a cancer survivor. And, you know, he drops the microphone and he's like, damn it, come here, give me a hug. So he brings her up and, and hugs her because he was like, you can't do that to me. You make me feel guilty. You can't do that. But it was funny to see. I mean, it's just everything. Somebody would ask him something. He'd be like, I, I don't know. I'm not on the show anymore. I mean, people, some people don't understand that when you're, when you leave a television show, you don't sit there and watch it still every week. I mean, nobody really wants to do that because... And half the time, nobody really watches it while they're on it a lot of the time. So, you know, a lot of times when they talk about... And they're good about talking about the mythos of stuff. Why Lex would do something. That sort of thing. You know, why Brainiac would do this. Um, 
there was about five minutes where they had water on stage and and Le- and Lex Michael was trying to uh, recreate the scene from Jurassic Park where the dinosaur where the T Rex stomps and the water ripples. So that went on for a while, and um, uh, James Marsters gave his idea on how to save the economy uh, using uh, solar power energy. You know, I was just I mean, they just went back and forth. It was he actually had a really good idea. Marsters did. I wish somebody would listen to him. It was pretty genius. Um, but and a lot of these videos are already on YouTube, so you can go check that out. But I just, I really, uh, it was good to see their chemistry. They have great chemistry. I wish they could collaborate and work on something together. They kind of hinted that on stage, too. They kind of said they needed to. I wish they would. Obviously, um, somebody got up and asked Michael if he would be returning. He said no, that he did not want to return to the show. Nothing against the show. He just wants to do his own thing now. Uh, But then he turned it over to James, and he said, James, will you be returning? And James said, you know, I hope so. I really like the character of Brainiac. Um, they kind of left uh, him in limbo. You know, you don't ever really kill Brainiac. You can you can get him down to the, to the smallest cell, but you don't ever really kill him. You know, you can't really just completely, completely get rid of him. So hopefully we'll see Marsters again. Because even James said he was like, I have no clue what they continue to do with that storyline. Every time he comes back, he's trying to do something new. And I, I agree with that. He's trying to do something new. But at the same time, I think the core is still to make Earth a new Krypton. He's, he's still... It's a different plot line to try. It's you know different means for the same goal. So uh, I, I hope that, that we do get to see Brainiac again. So so that would be fun. Um, somebody got up and asked. Uh, you know they said you know we heard that you did a great um, that Tom and the rest of the cast did a, did a prank on Michael when he was directing uh, Freak uh, episode six fifteen. Um, and 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 they said did did you ever uh, pull a prank on Tom, when he directed Apocalypse or, or Fragile or Hydro, any of those episodes, and just, you know, stone cold face, Michael just looks right at the woman and says, yeah, I slept with his wife. And so, you know, just huge reaction from that, and everybody's laughing. He, it's just so funny. And I, I, I went and met Michael later, and he's just so laid back, and he loves talking to people that appreciate the stuff that he's done. Not only Smallville, but, I mean, he's he's got an extensive career from everything. One of my favorite things he ever did was an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which, if you're not watching that show, go out and get it. it the season one and two set features an episode with him, him on it. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen him do. With hair, mind you. Even while Smallville was on hiatus, with hair. So Dragon Con was a lot of fun. It was more of the same. Met with Marsters again. That was the second year I've gotten to do that. Um, Phil Morris, obviously, um... Talked about 801, honestly, with him a good bit, his his involvement with the episode. Unfortunately, no interviews um, to give a lot at this time. Nobody really was offering anything up because of the strictness that is Dragon Con. I don't understand that. But but uh, I, I, and I want to give a big thanks to Kelly, who listens to the show. She is the, uh, the, the director of the sci-fi track, and she is the one that asked me and Steve and Graham to be on those panels. So thanks, Kelly, for that. Your t-shirt is in the mail. And uh, it was, I had a lot more fun than I did last year because I got to do things I wanted to do and I didn't feel like I was being hindered by what I felt like I should do, you know, like podcast stuff and that kind of thing last year. I, I didn't really enjoy that and had a lot more fun on the panels, talking with people, uh, talking with fans of SHU and, and Skynex. It was, it was great. So uh, I'm looking forward to going back. Next year, it's it's so close to Comic Con that the money is kind of expensive, but it, it's definitely worth it to get to meet with people, and it's a good meet up spot. So, and I think it inspired Steve and, and Phantom Slasher Dave to uh, 
to work on ShoeCon a little bit more. So if you're interested in ShoeCon, be sure to email Steve at steve at smallvillepodcast.com and, and let's hope for that, you know. So um, One quick thing I want to interject. There was some more Superman movie news after we did the last episode. Mark Miller has come forward with yet another interview saying that uh, I sounded bitter when I said that, didn't I? <laughs> I apologize, Mark, if you're listening by some small shred chance that you are. Um, I really... Uh, I'm I'm holding out hope for this because I want to see, um, I want to see what happens, um, uh, what he is planning to do, but um, I just think it's going to be hard with the pickle they've they've left themselves in right now, um, with Superman Returns they've got to they've got to go a whole new direction and they're wanting to do it fast so. What he is proposing and what he said is a big name director who they are not announcing came to him, actually, and said that, that Warner Brothers has been talking with him about doing a next Superman film in lieu of, of Brian Singer if they did not go forward with Man of Steel. So this director came to came to Mark Miller, and if you, we've talked about Mark Miller's show. If you don't know Mark Miller, he's done a lot of Marvel stuff. He's done some DC stuff. He did want it. If you saw that movie this summer, the, the comic book adaptation, or not the adaptation, the film adaptation of the comic book, he, he did those. Um... Uh, but he, he, the plan that they're wanting to do is sort of a trilogy of Superman films, and when they, the trilogy kind of makes it sound even more like I don't look as they've always talked about a three picture deal of Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and a third one. I don't really see that as a trilogy because that's it's more ongoing and there's not really cliffhangers and that. Every time Mark Miller talks about Superman now, I get the idea that they're they're wanting to do. Um, cliffhangers um, between all three movies. Kind of like... He's talking about an epic, like, seven-hour story, and I don't think of Batman Begins... I don't think, like, those as one big story. as a continuation. They're they're talking about this kind of like The Matrix or Lord of the Rings. Just an epic, epic story. I like that they said epic. That's my word, isn't it? Just this this huge, you know, seven-hour ongoing story and and i don't uh i want you know and every year you know they would film back to back like they did lord of the rings and then boom we'd hit one in 2010 11 12 you know or 11 12 13 and we'd have them all right there in a row to enjoy um pros and cons with that three movies you're gonna get them over with pretty quick i mean you one a year that quick and, and then what happens with superman then do we have to wait another 19 years for a new superman movie or do we, does it get rebooted again? I mean, nobody knows really what's going to happen with this franchise from day to day. Once Smallville ends, what's going to happen then? Is there going to be a new cartoon? Essentially, I think, yes, there needs to be a new Superman cartoon for kids. And and for me, because I'd watch it. I'd, I, we had the Justice League. I wasn't a huge fan of the Justice League show. I know I'm going to get like criticized for that. I wasn't that big a fan of the Superman animated series that came on the WB either. It was good, but I didn't really... I'm, what it goes back to is I was a fan of like 1992-93 Batman the Animated Series and that did it for me and Superman the Animated Series did not. I didn't feel like it delivered in the same way. Um, it was still good though and I still have them and I still will watch them. I just there's a lot of I think there's some artistic choices they made that could have gone a little different. I think the I think it could have been taken even a little bit more serious for kids in the same vein that Batman was. Not that dark tone because again 
DC and Warner Brothers are talking about this dark, dark tone they want to take with all their movies, and Superman's just not this dark character. You can take the villains dark. You just can't take our hero dark, because that's... Batman's dark, but Superman's hope, you know, Superman's truth, justice, the American way, all that stuff, that's not dark. That's that's not darkness. You don't get wrapped up in the darkness. You don't get wrapped up in debating whether or not to kill the Joker or kill Two-Face. It's, it's, you know, break your one rule. It's not that kind of stuff with Superman. Um, there's a great scene in, um, I think it's actually the last episode of Justice League Unlimited where um, Superman's talking about how he feels like he's living in a world made of cardboard and how he can never break loose just to find out how extremely powerful powerful and 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 special he is and if we're going to do a movie if you're going to do a three picture epic do it like that man find out how superman how, find out how much money it takes to show superman how powerful he actually is because that was a lot of people's problems with Superman Returns. He never threw a punch. We never got to see him throw a punch. But there was nobody to throw a punch against. You know, there was nothing for him to fight in that way. I mean, he didn't really throw a punch in Superman the movie, the Richard Donner, the original. And you don't hear a lot of people complaining about that. And maybe it's just the times changing. Maybe it's just budget. Maybe it's the way movies are today, special effects. But when you want a comic book hero today, you want him fighting something that he going to have a problem against and with Superman that's a little bit more difficult because he is so powerful it is hard to give him something that is a that poses a threat to him other than kryptonite I mean you can throw a punch of kryptonite but it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of point so uh, you want him to have something there's got to be a reason we're going to go see three pictures in a row there's got to be I mean I don't think anybody wants to go see Superman Returns and have it in the same vein of him pining over Lois. Not that it was bad, but you know, nobody wants to see that three years in a row of him pining over Lois. And Lex has some new scheme. And how do I fix that scheme? Unless that scheme is something like Metallo or something that's going to dark, you know, something that's going to pose some sort of threat to humanity, to the world, and not just a villain that wants to create new land and become rich. Well, I thought that was a pretty ingenious story, given Kryptonian technology and the crystals and everything. It doesn't really pose a threat. I mean, it was going to flood the coastal line of the United States and everything. But I, I just and even more the more that he grew, and what and that is a threat. I do understand that 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 was going to be bad. But I mean, we saw what he did with that. He just picked it up and chunked it in space. I mean, that's that was cool. And I like the idea of the new Krypton. And then while I do want a Superman Returns sequel, and I do want to see whether they were going to tie up the storylines, if you want to do this three-picture deal, Mark, I'm, st- I'm speaking specifically to you here. If you want to do it, man. And I know you said you've been wanting to do it for like 10 years now. Just just, just don't disappoint. And, and, and I think a lot of people have been saying this reimagining is scaring them. When you, when you say that word, just reintroduced in the 21st century, I, I get a little nervous too. I want my familiar character. I want the red, yellow, and the blue. And I, I want the S, and I want Lois, and I want Perry White and Jimmy Olsen, and I want the characters that I know and have loved my entire life to make appearances. And I don't want Lex Luthor to be a Kryptonian. Not that Mark Miller is the one that did that, but I'm just nervous that, that somebody wanting to come in and make everything anew again and take it in a different direction could... Just just as much as it could help Superman in, 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 in the next 50 to 100 years, it could 
it could be uh, it, it could hurt too. And I, I just I don't want to see it go down that road. I don't want anything. Superman gets a bum rap as it is uh, on a bunch of stuff. And like I've said a minute ago, I, I think it's time to to reintroduce him to some kids too. I think that we've got enough Batman cartoons on right now. We we went from Batman Beyond to to the Batman, which just got canceled, and now we've got Batman the Brave and the Bold uh, with him and the Green Arrow and Blue Beetle. Do a Superman cartoon. Do a new one. We we had Crypto, and I mean Superman was like in one episode of Crypto. Now do 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 Supergirl. Do something. Do do Jimmy Olsen. Do do Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Do a show centered around him with Superman in it, but maybe not the main character. I think something like that would work in this day and age. I think kids need to be reminded. Kids are getting so enveloped in this Batman stuff, and here the Dark Knight's over. It's gone. We'll we'll, we'll get it back on DVD, but it, it's over with now. You know, we we got so much lead in, and now I mean we're not going to see a third one for. It took three years to get this one, so I mean it's going to be a while, even if Nolan and Bell come back and do a third one. So, just. Remember, there are other DC characters out there, and I think, I mean, while they're, DC and Warner Brothers has tried to put Batman in the limelight over the past few years, um, Superman's their go-to guy, and there's a lot of media outlets you can plug him into, and I think they're forgetting, a lot of the time, I think they're forgetting, and I know a lot of this goes back to the whole court battle we talked about, but but I, there's still things you can do with the character in this day and age that will mean something to adults and kids. And I think you should try and do that. I think that's what it's all about. So it's getting people involved. It's getting people to appreciate the character, to buy comics, to read them, to enjoy the films, to appreciate the character on the whole. Uh, Much like it is with Smallville. You appreciate Superman. You like Smallville. A lot of people don't agree with what Smallville has done in the past seven years. Their storylines, their weird stuff, Lois showing up. And I just say, you know, I've said it on the show before. Just look at it like an Elseworlds comic. Something that takes place out of the mainstream, uh, doesn't really affect the storyline in general, and just make it your own story and just do it with it what you will. And that's what it's all about, so have fun with it. So, And that is my soapbox for the day. Uh, that's a pretty good one, too, I think. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Smallville DVD before we close out. We, we've got a copy here, and just um, a great set again. Um, some stuff lacking that we, the same complaints that we've had in the past that, that, uh, Warner Home Video hasn't always learned their lesson on and the, sometimes the Smallville production team too. Uh, not complaining, just wishing it was, uh, that some of these would be amended. I hope for a final season or even the eighth season, we get to see more of this stuff. Um, but you know, whatever, uh, you know, we're not in charge of it, so we can just talk about the good and. And mention what we didn't care for. Uh, definitely, if you want to take a little bit closer look at the stuff, SmallvilleDVD.com has been updated. It gets updated about two to three weeks every summer before a new season is released uh, with a site overhaul, new wallpapers, videos, that kind of stuff. Once again, it has been. They're even doing a trailer contest over there right now that you can go use their video clips, make your own Smallville trailer, and enter to win a contest for... An, HDTV or Plasma, or it's HDTV, yeah, Sony, I think. Um, so yeah, go check that out, SmallvilleDVD.com. Uh, really cool. I like the overhaul they've done this time more than their previous website attempts on it. So let's talk about one of my favorite things with all DVDs, not just TV shows, not just Smallville specifically, but movies, everything. I'm a DVD guru. I love them. I've got several thousand. So 
I, I love I love Smallville DVDs a lot too because they look good on the shelf, especially when they go back and they make those thin packs. And I'm now that I have Blu-ray, anxiously awaiting uh, new Blu-ray releases of the first five seasons. Season six is on Blu-ray, but but not these uh, not these new ones. Season six is and and Tuesday season seven. So, uh, but let's. Well, we'll get to my favorite thing is deleted scenes. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about um, packaging because I think that's what a lot of people go to. Uh, if you've seen the cover, it does feature Laura Vandervoort and Tom Welling on the on the cover in kind of a fortress bluish green tinge kind of thing. Um, good looking box. I uh, I like it. I don't really know why Michael's not on the cover. Um, I mean, it's his last season. Don't you kind of think? Even the the season seven companion book that Craig Byrne over at Krypton site wrote um, has all three of them on the cover. Can't isn't there some way you could have put all three? Because they really were three of the main points of the season. Um, definitely, Lex's interaction with Kara was was a huge part of the show in seventh season. So can't you put him on the season? I mean, it was his last run. I just feel like he should have been on there. I don't know. I, I feel like he didn't get his. He was only on t- uh, two, three. He's on season three, five, and six. So yeah, he's been on there, and more than than uh, anybody else has. Um, Kristen was on season three and season six, and he and Tom shared the the season five. If it was going to be anything, if it was going to be my choice, I understand that this this was their Supergirl season, and they wanted to make a big deal out of that, and definitely the fortress. But even with Lex being in the fortress. Definitely not a publicity shot or anything, but with the Fortress as a backdrop, I think all three of them in there could have made for a better box set. I don't know. My opinion. Write us in if you don't agree with us and let us know, but I, I just think that there should have been a little homage to Michael on the box because it was his farewell season. Um, you know, and I don't know. You, some people argue, well, John Glover, but he's never was, I mean, he never got top billing on the show. Not top, top billing, but, but in the top three, you know, and, and Michael always did, so... I don't know. One good thing when you is is Michael is on disc two, and, and usually that's a spot that that holds for Kristen. Um, it's usually Tom, Kristen, then Michael, and this now it's Tom, Michael, and uh, and Kristen. So and he even got uh, higher up in the credits this season too. So, but uh, when you open it up and you take it out of its slipcase, and the past now that they've been doing this um, trifold, as I've patented the phrase easy scratch edition with the two discs doubling up which i hate that because i like those the bigger ones that they did uh for the first four seasons and they stopped doing it in season five but when you open it up in the previous five five and six season there is um a double fold uh image and uh in season five it was zod on top of luther corp looking down at uh metropolis on fire in his black leather trench coat and then season six was the Justice League walking away from the the thirty three point one. Well, not really, but the one of Luther Corp's labs uh, warehouses explosion. You know that epic scene of them walking away, which you can find in episode fifty point five of Shoe. I don't know anything about that. Um, this one is cool too. It it kind of I like how the colors kind of flow together. It is Clark and Lex in the Fortress of Solitude from Arctic. So that's cool. Um, so that's immediately the first thing you see when you open up. There's a cool booklet. There's always a booklet there's, uh, with um, the episode descriptions and not, many episode descriptions, original air date, and um, whether or not that has deleted scenes and also the rest of the special features of the set. 
So that's got it on there too. There's a cool picture of Tom as Bizarro, or yeah, Clark as Bizarro. You know what I mean. Tom as Bizarro on the inside. And uh, then you get to your discs. As I said, Tom's disc one, Michael's disc two, Kristen's on the third one, Allison and Erica are both on disc four, and then uh, Aaron Ashmore and Laura Vandervoort are on the fifth disc, and then finally Jungle Lover is Lionel is on the sixth one. Um, these are all, and I saw Craig mention this in his review too, they're all season six photo shoots because um, they try to update the headshots every for the discs every year. Um, they did new headshots for Erica for season seven. I never understood why they didn't for anybody else, but her new headshot is on her disc with, with Allison. But, um, I forget where I'm going with that. And Vandervoort has, of course, season seven because that was her first headshot. So she and Aaron, she, she's got her new pictures, not new, but her pictures rather. And then Allison's got one from, uh, season three or four i think it's season four i don't know why they went back and pulled from the archives on that because she had some season six photo shoots that were really good whatever but um so they've got her on there that thought that was kind of interesting um but a good good looking set goes in line with the past couple of years um of course if you get that on blu-ray it'll be a little bit different so you know make your choice there but um uh, but there are still six discs, though, so that's the same on the Blu-ray set. So however you want to go about that. Um, deleted scenes, as I said, one of my favorite things on the show. Not a huge stockpile this season, and definitely the thing missing, and I agree, everybody I've talked to agrees with this with me, is, um, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going back on a soapbox. I just feel like this is something that should have been addressed since it was publicly shown I think this is something that should be on the DVD. But as we all know, with the writer's strike, we didn't get the storyline that was going to happen. We got kind of altered, skewed there in the final few episodes. And we talked about it here on the show before and kind of just a revamp of what happened. We were only going to have 15 episodes. Veritas, episode 715, was going to be a little bit longer. And there was going to be some more stuff added in. And our cliffhanger for the season was going to end with, um, obviously, Brainiac altering uh, Lana the way she was in the comatose state. Um, Lex, the opening scene of Descent, episode 716, was filmed for Veritas when Lex pushes Lionel out of the window. That was originally going to happen within Veritas. And then quickly after that, Lex would make his approach to the Fortress of Solitude wearing the parka and everything. And we saw that in in trailers for after, I think it was after Descent, uh, and the week before uh, Sleeper aired, for the final 17, 18, 19, four episodes, we saw Lex approaching the Fortress of Solitude from the exterior in this park and everything, and we were like, in the daylight, even. And and uh, that got scrapped, because that was originally shot for Veritas. He, after he killed Lionel, he was immediately going to get to the Fortress after getting the key and everything. So, um, But that didn't happen, and we got the scene that we did get with the confrontation, and... Uh, and at night and Lex and his trench coat and everything. So, um, but that, that's all well and good. Um, there's, um, I just feel like it got, you know, there's stuff that was cut out of Veritas, obviously. Um, and another different storyline that was supposedly going to happen, not really even supposedly, because this deleted scene did make it on the set, is um, Clark and not Clark, but Brainiac and Kara in the Amazon 
after they leave the roof of the Daily Planet, is where supposedly Kara was going to build her own Fortress of Solitude with her bracelet. And there was a lot of speculation on what what all that bracelet held, whether or not that was just a gift from Clark's mom or what all that held important to Kara. And as we would have found out if it had gone down this way, is that when she would throw the bracelet, much like when Clark threw the three elements that combined in episode four, 22 commencement, that her own fortress would create. And hers was going to be in the Amazon and she and Brainiac were going to, Brainiac was going to use that. He was using her playing on her emotions for her cousin and, uh, his girlfriend, obviously, saving Lana. That was why Brainiac, That's why Karen went with Brainiac all along. She was doing this so that Brainiac could do what he wanted to, in the hopes that he would release Lana from her from her, you know, her anguish, whatever. But um, so that scene is intact. We do see Clark. Oh, I don't keep saying Clark. We do see Brainiac and, and Kara go to the Amazon, and we do see her throw her uh, bracelet. But that that is all we see. It just, when she throws it, it ends. It's not even, it's just a matted image of her throwing it because they didn't go back and do visual effects a lot of time on, on DVDs. Um, so that that's on there, and that's going to confuse a lot of people. Here's my problem with that. Don't even put that on there. If you're not going to explain what was supposed to happen, if you're not going to have an episode commentary on Veritas, because they don't, there's two episode commentaries on the DVD, but they're not for Veritas or Arctic. I think the three that it needed, Veritas, Apocalypse, and Arctic, all three needed a descent four. All four of those needed episode commentaries to kind of go back and make up definitely for last season, not having any episode commentaries. But, um, anyways, that's whatever. We, we don't have them for those. We have them for, uh, persona and siren, but I really feel like the, the ball got dropped on that. Um, I think there should be episode commentary to at least explain, map out some of this a little bit better. What was the, what was the original intention? And we know it kind of happened the same way. It was just the steps that got there were taken differently. I mean, obviously, I think the big thing would have been instead of flying off into space, they would have flown off to the Amazon, and Brainiac would have used this fortress and Kara controlling it to get to back in time to kill Kal-El and Krypton, and Apocalypse would have happened the same way. Like I said, it was just the steps to get there. Uh, obviously, we weren't going to have Apocalypse probably until an episode in Season 8 now, but not really, because they got their five episodes back. Which is why we don't see Lex approaching the Fortress and, and the cliffhanger happening then. You know, he did, he does get to the Fortress, and we do have that final confrontation between him and Clark Kent in the Fortress of Solitude before it all comes crumbling down on them. But I, I that was a cool-looking scene. It was finished effects for the commercials. It finished enough that it looked good enough to air on TV to pump people up for the final few episodes of the season. So why don't we have it on the DVD? And it was even said at Comic-Con they hoped it would be on the DVD. So I don't know where where the the causality, you know, what who, whose door that stops at that it didn't show up on the DVD. But I think that it's something that should have been addressed, you know. And uh, I don't want to compare it to other DVD sets and... Um, because, I mean, it's not fair, it's a different show, it's a different beast, but, uh, and I definitely don't want to compare it to Heroes at all, because Smallville's a completely different show than Heroes, but, you know, the same thing kind of happened to Heroes, and they had to scrap a storyline, and they went back and devoted almost an entire disc to what was going to happen, and stuff they had already shot and all that, and I'm not even asking for that, I just think it would have been nice to show the fans what they already knew, 
what people were already writing in about, what people were already upset about with Clark, with, with Clark and Lex of the Fortress, with Lex approaching the fortress in the daylight and seeing it from the outside. <clears throat> I, I, people know about it. It's not just some hidden secret because of the writer's strike. You know, they, they put it out there for the people to see, to pump them up. And I, I think it's something that should have been paid off on the DVD. And even little five-minute documentary just on the secrets of Veritas, you know, and, and here's what was going to happen, here's what we changed, here's why we changed it, here's why there's two, two episodes. I mean, not everybody understands the writer's strike. Not everybody understands what all went down. So, I mean, just a little two-minute discussion on... And then you can go and show Alan Miles and all the writers and the cast on the sidelines, picketing, you know, during the writer's strike. That, I mean, that, that's a great featurette right there. That's something that would mean a lot to fans and, and, and would show them how... And, and give you a different look at the cast and crew and show you how de- devoted they are to the cause. But we didn't get that. I, I just think that would have been something that would have been meaningful. And also, while not only talking about the writer's strike, while showing them on the picket lines, you could still go back and show those scenes and maybe put commentary and commentary over them explaining this is why we made this choice, but given the extra five episodes, this is why we had to change it. Um, I just, that's, that's what's missing the most for me. More than a gag reel, more than more episode commentaries, um, just tying up loose ends with stuff they had already promoted and then lost, because I just feel like there's a lot that could have been done. Now, definitely, by not having that, does it not make this set worth the get? I mean, obviously, you've got these 20 episodes that you can watch over and over again. Some of the best episodes of the entire series are in this season. I think a lot of people go back to Apocalypse. Um, that's a good one. Bizarro is a great season premiere. Arctic was a fantastic season finale. So you've got all these episodes. You've got the two commentaries. You've got a Jimmy Olsen featurette, which is really good, which is Sam Huntington, Aaron Ashmore, Mark McClure, and, and Jack Larson all sitting around talking about the, their roles of Jimmy Olsen, how they've played him over the past 50, 60 years, how they got the roles, what the roles mean to them, their family, their friends. It's just a good roundtable discussion, and, it, and it's a really interesting featurette. So check that out on this 6 when you get your DVD, which you can go over to smallbillpodcast.com right now, banner at the top, click it. When you order it through Amazon, it supports shoes, so it's win-win. And I always say that because it is win-win. And because uh, it supports the show and it supports me and Steve and it keeps us coming back every week. Also on Disc 6, there's a, a Supergirl History featurette written by a buddy of mine, actually, Jake Black. He wrote the the Green Arrow documentary from the past season, so if you really enjoyed that, it was really extensive, really comprehensive, and really well written. He did a great job on it. So check that out, the Supergirl on Disc 6 as well. Also the the Kara and the Chronicles of Krypton Mobisodes, the interactive um, comic book from Hero, just all that stuff. So it's a really well-rounded set. There's some more deleted scenes. Uh, some some of you might remember Fierce, the beauty pageant episode. Kara was going to do a magic trick, and she kind of looked like Zatanna when she was dressed up with the leggings and the hat. Yeah, that's on there, that deleted scene. Probably my the, my favorite. Deli- there's two, there's two really good deleted scenes um, out of the seven or eight. I forget how many there are now. Um, there's a scene from Fierce where where Chloe finds out Lana is still alive. Something that got left out because Lana came back. Clark found out, and then when we come back again, everybody knows. So we get to see that reunion between Chloe and Lana when she when she finds out that she didn't die. But there's a good deleted scene from Blue between Clark and Jor-El, and it's some of the best shots of the fortress ever, 
And I wish they had gone back and, and done the final FX for this because it looked really, it would have looked really good. Um, but it wouldn't have left us with that cliffhanger. What happens is, if you remember the end of Blue, um, you remember that Jor-El said he was going to punish Clark, and the fortress starts to shake, and then it goes to black, and we didn't know what happened. You know, we, we were like, what? What what just happened here? In this, it does, Jor-El does say that it's because of these people on Earth. It's because... Of all of them is why you fail yet again. While while I you know I told you to look after Kara, I told you to find out why she was here, and you failed me. He said he said it's these people, it's these humans that you know these Earthlings that keep you from your mission, keep you from your goal at all times. And Clark, I mean, one of the best lines I've ever heard from the show. Clark just says, "You can't expect me to live among these people and not accept humanity. You know, you not have them." <clears throat> impact me in some way, not have them have an effect on me. And Jor-El's like, well, so be it. You know, you'll stay here till they're all dead. And th- and that kind of gives you your first clue of that's how long he intended Clark to stay entrapped in the fortress originally when he did it. You know, we didn't find that out now. But he was going to keep Clark frozen in the fortress of solitude till all his friends, all his family died, and nobody would have that impact on him anymore. And so, you know, he just says... You know, you're staying here. It's like it's like he grounded him, and I said it back in the season. It really is like he just an indefinite grounding. He's like you're you're staying right here till till everybody dies. And Clark's like mm, you no, you can't make me do that. And just boom, it, there's a really it's you know, Tom is on wires. He's being flung around, and then you see him in ice, and that was how it was going to end. Um, but they wanted to go back. They wanted to make it a cliffhanger style a little bit more. And make you wonder what happened, and it definitely made the Bizarro payoff a lot better when it comes back and and you see Bizarro is taking over Clark's life, and then it cuts back to the fortress and you see Clark encased in ice. So anyway, it made for it made for a better ending, I think. But I still think it's a really good scene. And unlike other Fortress of Solitude scenes that get deleted in the past, this does have Terrence Stamp's voice uh, in the deleted scene as well. Unlike the um, deleted scene from Reckoning when when Clark takes Jonathan to the fortress after he's dead and he pleads for his life <clears throat> you know Darren Stamps Jor-El's voice isn't in that they didn't go back and finish it but but it is here so well that's our episode today I ran a little bit longer than I thought I was going to so you actually got a full length episode instead of a mini one so I hope uh, I hope this kind of pushed you a little bit I hope talking about the, the episode changes you know we haven't seen that since season 6 I think um, some episodes got changed around like action and subterranean the order um, we haven't seen this in a while so I hope that gets you more excited for the upcoming episodes. I hope um, this has kind of convinced you that the DVD, it's an amazing, amazing set. It, it, and I, I really, uh, it's one of the better put together sets they've done in the past couple of years. Um, um, definitely, I, I just think they missed the ball in the Veritas stuff. And I would have liked some more episode commentaries, even if they had done an episode commentary on Veritas. Without the extra features, if they had just done that and kind of been like, well, here's what originally happened here's what you know you heard me a minute ago so there's really not a point in rehashing it but that's just the way that went down so it's a great great set um blu-ray standard definition go pick that up tuesday september 9th it comes out and then thursday september 28th september 18th excuse me i got i'm mixing heroes and smallville for a 22nd 28th kind of deal September 18th on the CW is the return of Smallville, the 8th season, with episode 801, Odyssey, that picks up a few weeks after the events of 720 Arctic. 
you find out what happened to well you find out what happened to Clark you don't really get to find out what happened to Lex immediately and it's going to be an ongoing mystery this season to find out what happened so definitely stay with us through season eight as we will be bringing you weekly episodes for all the new episodes of Smallville the latest news and spoilers and everything fun we can come up with in between. So uh, we will be back again very, very soon trying to get up to this episode 100 because we, we dropped the ball a little bit. But um, Steve and I will be back next time, and I'm sorry you had to listen to me solo. Go to our website, smallvillepodcast.com, our home on the Internet. You can find the latest Smallville goings-on, shoe goings-on, shoe videos, all that good stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun that we have over on that site. And that will lead you to our forums, forums.smallvillepodcast.com where everything uh, happens, basically, where not only you can find the latest news and spoilers, but you can find more people that enjoy Smallville, a huge Smallville community of fans that love talking about the show, love watching the show live and talking about the show and and the chat and everything. So forums.smallvillepodcast.com. And you can also email us at mail at smallvillepodcast.com. And uh, that phone number again, if you want to email in some stuff, or if you want to call in and leave us notes, messages for uh episode 100 or every week if you've got something you want to say you've got a question you want to ask us in lieu of an email 206-666-1822 is what you can do that at 206-666-1822 and we will be back with episode 96 of star wars house of l um muffin i don't know very soon we will um we'll be back We'll be back with one soon, though. You won't. We're like a ninja. You won't expect it when it happens. We'll just, we'll just pop up. All right, mole guys. Bye. <laughs>